Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. Remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Christine Wohar. She is the founder of Fursada USA, a nonprofit organization that promotes the spirituality of Blessed Pierre Giorgio Fursati. Uh, Christine has also hosted a three-part series for EWTN called Sanctity Within Reach, and we're going to be talking about her latest book called Finding Fursati, uh, a really good book. If you want to know anything about Pierre Giorgio Fursati, this is the book to go to, for, especially as a great intro. Christine, thanks for joining us today. Thanks. I appreciate the opportunity. Now, I've seen you on other interviews, and I would be remiss if I didn't let you kind of tell people how you got into this, because it's such an interesting story. Yes, uh, it was a career change for me to go to law school when I did, but this was a real change to leave all of that behind and promote uh, spirituality of a blessed, um, something that was never on my radar. Right, when when I moved to Nashville, the parish priest at the church that I started to go to, he wanted to start a young adult group. He came up with this name of Pierre Giorgio, and we did that. I still have some of my closest friends from that group, so um, it was a real blessing in so many ways. And then um, I started another group at the local Catholic college here, and as a result of that, circumstances led me to Rome, where I had an meeting with a lunch meeting with the niece one of the nieces of blessed Pierre Giorgio Wanda and in that conversation she suggested um, that she could use somebody like me which I laughed that off and then three months later wasn't so funny anymore <laughs> because I had just surrendered my career and was on the plane heading over there not having any idea really where that was going to lead and I've often shared that within two days I was celebrating her mother's birthday. Her mother was Pierre Giorgio's younger sister, and her mother was turning 104. And Luciana, Luciana Fersati, who we are so indebted to for really the great legacy we have uh, regarding Pierre Giorgio, and also Wanda, who is almost 94 herself um, right now. And that was just... Um, I guess they they say in the religious life, a call within a call. For me, I guess it was a vocation within a vocation. I really don't know. Um, uh, you know, the Lord clearly had this in mind, I believe, when I came to Nashville. There's no way I can deny that, even though in my mind I was going to law school, and I think it was this has been a running theme throughout my entire time here, is that my life with Blessed Pierre Giorgio. And... It's been a blessed, uh, you know, a blessed experience. Certainly not what I expected, but I can't be more grateful to the Lord for everything he's done for me. Well, it's the old saying, right? You want to make the Lord laugh, tell him your plans, right? He's always got something something better. (laughs) Only Uh sometimes it's not so funny, right? (laughs) When uh, when the Lord starts laughing and comes up with some things to do. I have had plenty of moments, as everybody in ministry knows, um, you know, plenty of moments where you're like, Lord, how much more can you ask? But um, then there are those moments that are just inexplicably supernatural where you just have to stand back and, and be in awe at what God is doing. You know, even through this ministry and my own personal experiences, through my travels and the things that the Lord's allowed me to experience, um, yeah, it's it, the God's plans are awesome, um, sometimes overwhelming, but truly awesome. 
Well, the other, the other saying is, you know, God doesn't give us what we can't handle. You just wish he didn't have that much confidence in us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, and the other favorite that goes with ministry is that um, the the pay might not be good, but the rewards are heavenly, or however it goes. You know, yes. I'm like, yeah, all right, Lord. But anyway, anyway, no, it's it's been um, it's it's really been a journey, um, and I think that the beauty of it is that the presence of Peter Giorgio with me, I think, is what has sustained me. His sister, Luciana, had a good answer when people would say to her, do you pray to your brother? He's blessed. Do you pray to him to ask him for things? And she used to say, no, I don't pray to him. He's my brother. I just tell him what I tell him what to do. <laughs> and I always thought, well, I was never that bold with Peter Giorgio to just tell him what to do. Right. But I have a really a beautiful treasure that Wanda had given me of a nice portrait of Pierre Georgia that's in my stairwell at home, and we talk a lot. We talk a lot. I talk a lot to him, uh, mostly in Italian there, and ask him to help, but I'm not so bold as his sister to just tell him what to do. But he's been with me, and that's uh, something almost tangible that I would say is a sustaining force in all of this. Well, the fruits of what you're doing wouldn't be what they are today if he wasn't with you. And I guess my question, you know, and we'll talk about his life here in a second, but how has your devotion to uh, Pier Giorgio Fersati changed you and changed your faith? Well, I, I've given this answer a lot. I think that he removes our excuses for why we can't be holy and even though i was i was very blessed with very great parents i mean we had a very catholic home um so really i have no excuse not to grow up and practice my faith but you know parents do everything they can and ultimately you have to then make your parents faith your own it has to you can't live your parents faith it has to be your faith and i think we fall into a trap of sometimes saying that it's too much of an effort to be holy. It's only for the saints, and it's for the saints from long ago. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's a thing of the past. And I think Pierre Giorgio has brought to life vividly for me that it's okay to have uh, a life of friends and sports and fun, practical jokes, a sense of humor. Um, he had, you know, he did things like he smoked a little smelly Tuscan cigar, things that, um, you, you know, just your everyday yeah. life, it should be, um, is an opportunity to be holy, that it's not something out there, it's, it's, it's in us. God has put that call in us, and a saint or blessed like Pierre Giorgio shows me daily that I, you know, this is for me and I can do it. Because it's real easy to say, well, that's not for me, but he reminds me that it is for me. So I, that has been, I think, the biggest impact for me is to have a constant daily reminder that I can do better. Pierre Giorgio's life of charity is something that I'm nowhere even near near approaching. I, we have a, a thing on the website about the pact. He wanted his friends to pledge a pact to always be united in prayer. And so we have on the website... Um, a way to model that is to try to do one act of charity a day. And I joke because sometimes I'll be in heavy traffic here in Nashville and I'll decide that my act of charity is to let a car go in front of me. And then I'll be like, I'm extra charitable today. I'm going to let two cars go. But the guy <laughs> behind me isn't feeling charity. <laughs> He's not in the pack. He's laying on the horn, you know. So yeah. it's kind of a funny thing, just um, t trying to take the moments in our lives, little moments, 
not great thing. I don't have to do great things. I just have to try to do everything according to God's will, to immerse myself in God's will and try. And, and I think that's the biggest thing is we can forgive ourselves uh, when we fail and ask for, you know, ask for forgiveness, go to confession frequently, as Pierre Giorgio did, and try again. So I don't have to beat myself up because I didn't do a perfect job today of being holy and following God's will, uh, that I have always that newness that God's doing something new for us every minute of every day. It's, it's a long answer just to say that a, a, a lay person like this, in the normality of his life, shows me that I can do it. He takes away my excuses that I make, and he takes the pressure off of me at the same time. So the call to holiness, the universal call to holiness that we're all um, supposed to respond to, I find it doable, attractive, and fun, thanks to the example of Blessed Pierre Giorgio. Yeah, you know, reading reading the book and then going on your website and really, you know, I've I've heard about uh, Pier Giorgio Fersati. You know, I've known you know there's schools in Denver. I know there's a school in Houston. There's some schools, so I kind of knew about him. But you know, reading about him, it reminds me. You know, Mother Angelica used to say, "You may be the only Jesus someone meets today," and uh-huh. that just kept popping into my head as as I'm reading about. Pier Giorgio Fersati, blessed Pier Giorgio Fersati, because it seems like that's who he was. Like he was bringing Jesus to people in his normal everyday life, and and to your point, which is something we all need to do and can do. That's almost actually an exact quote of Pier Giorgio's. What you just said, because he was a daily um, communicant from the time he was twelve years old, and he said, "Jesus comes to me every day in Holy Communion." And I repay him in my miserable way by serving the poor. In in some books it'll say little way, but if you go to the Italian, he said in my miserable way by serving the poor. So literally, that's what he was seeing his mission as, is to bring Jesus to others. Taking that great gift of the Eucharist and bringing it um, into the lives of others. So yeah, that's almost exactly how he saw it, just exactly as you said it. You know, and, you know, you read about his life and, you know, he didn't come from a particularly faithful household. His dad was Catholic, but didn't practice. Uh, His mom would go to mass on Sunday, but that was seemed to be pretty much the extent he came from, you know, a wealthy family. So he had a lot of excuses to be worldly and he didn't use any of them. It was Jesus Christ, number one. And that's how he lived his life, it it seems. Right. One of the. Uh, friends of his said, Pierre Giorgio, you're rich. You know, you're taking it to an extreme. You don't have to be so zealous how you're taking care of the poor. And he said, I'm poor. I'm I'm one of the poor, and I want to serve the poor. So he had that great spirit of detachment, um, I think, from all of the wealth and privilege around him. The the I was just thinking today, um, in, a, in one of the books by his sister, she talks about him as how they viewed him in the family. A nice guy who went to church every day, had some strange ideas, and wasn't particularly bright. I mean, that that's the way he was viewed. Like his father said, if you persist in these ways, you're going to be a blockhead your whole life. Um, he was so misunderstood in in many ways. I mean, he was greatly loved. There was when I say things like that, people think that the family treated him harshly. He was they had a very loving family, but he was greatly misunderstood. And it, to me, it's just an astonishing thing to think about how deep his faith was in a home where it was almost non-existent. 
and that they thought of him as having strange ideas because he was a guy who went to church every day when his ideas were the least strange, right? They were the closest yeah. aligned with God's will for all of us. And that had to have been a particular um, inner sorrow, I imagine, for him. Not that they misunderstood him, but that he knew that they were missing out on the greatest gift that there was for them. Uh, and his desire for them to share that um, that sense of communion with the Lord, that had to have been his great, you know, great sorrow for him. Well, you know, at the end of every Mass, we're told, right, go announce the gospel, Lord, go in peace, go forth, the Mass has ended. I mean, he really took that literally, go out into the world, and whether it was his family, his friends, the poor, he, he saw everybody as a child of God and shared the gift, but had a good time at doing it. I mean, I just picture the guy always having a smile on his face. Yeah, I think he probably always did have a smile on his face. He was a great practical joker. Um, he could take a joke and, and give a joke. So um, they call him, uh, he's been called, I should say, an explosion of joy. And I think that kind of sums that up. That's why he was such a magnet when he was alive. And why when he died at such an early age, it created such in that community um, because of how he was with his friends. Just, you know, just a real lively jovial even on his tombstone originally it says um joyful is on is one of the words on his original grave marker yeah that describes him to a t and that's that's what attracts us to the faith right somebody like that yeah i mean because if you look at the first three fruits of the spirit are love joy and peace and he lived those in his everyday life you know it wasn't anything extraordinary but it was as as you pointed out earlier, right? Going out into the world each day, having fun, whether it's sports or the arts, or you know, hanging out with friends or the poor. He just he just viewed that as his chance to go out into the world and and make a difference without having to say, "Hey, look at me." He, that was just who he was. And that's what they said about Pierre Giorgio. Nobody ever laughed at him because he was who he was, and he was like that all the time. Pierre Giorgio lived at a time um, in the early 1900s, not long after um, Rerum Novarum, the great first social encyclical, was written, and it that impressed him, and he refers to it in some of his writings. And he would go at a time when the workers were treated poorly at those, you know, and he would go to meetings for the workers, and they considered him like a brother. When he would go to the homes of the, the very poorest people, sometimes he would ask his friends to go with them. They would... Uh, why can't we drive? I mean, his family had a beautiful car. Why can't we drive the car? And he would say, because you don't go to the home of a poor person, you know, looking like you're there in a condescending way. You you go as one of them. So he connected with the people that he ministered to. Like he saw the dignity of every person, as you say. Um, he, he never saw himself as coming from a position of wealth and, and lording that over people, as his sister said, he never wanted to be looked at like a rich, carefree young man. Um, he saw himself as a brother to the poor. He wanted to make changes in society because he said charity is not enough. So he, although he did so much charity, he knew that wasn't enough either. Like we have to make things better for people, give them better opportunities. So yeah, that that to me, although I say that Pierre Giorgio was so relatable and inspiring to me as a regular guy, I also see in him some extra um, quantity of grace that allowed him to have that kind of a, you know, that kind of a response. Definitely. But, you know, 
and reading your book, you know, Finding Fersati, which I would encourage people to get. It's it's put out by Sophia Press. Um, what do you hope people get from picking up this book? Uh, I, I think three things. I hope that they start to understand that holiness is possible for them. Um, because sometimes I think we really do push that off, that we're not called to be holy. We might be called to be, you know, it's enough to be a good person. It's not really enough to be a good person. We're, we're called to holiness. And so to think that, to start to see through his life that holiness is possible. And I hope that through the book and the life of Pierre Giorgio and the prayers and the action steps that are in there, that they'll be inspired, people will be inspired to spend time in prayer and, and really re visit your sacramental life and your commitment to the church and what the church teaches as Pierre Giorgio did. And then lastly, doing those things to then do as he did and take those um, inward fruits and graces that the Lord will give you when you start to improve your sacramental life into the service of the world, transform the culture. I mean, if we don't do it, who's, if we don't, aren't the ones who live our faiths, learn our faiths, know our faiths and go, you know, put it out into the culture. Who's going to do it? It's going to be the people who don't have the faith, right? Pierre Giorgio called those people poor, unlucky, poor, unlucky, those who, who, who live without the faith. And he said, to live without the faith is not living but existing, and we should never just exist but live. And so I think we have to start um, recognizing that we're called to be the facades of, of this culture. We're called to learn our faith and put it into, you know, div- really put it out there into the culture. And so that's asking a lot for a little book of reflections, right? <laughs> but I do think that I do think that in getting to know him, there is something special about Pierre Giorgio and the way he lived his life and the simplicity of it, that if we all would start to do it little by little, it would make a difference. Pope John Paul II, when he beatified Pierre Giorgio in the homily of the Mass, said that we need a revolution of charity and that Pierre Giorgio calls us to that revolution of charity, and only by being men and women of the Beatitudes can we really make a difference in our culture. So, um, yeah, I think it just it goes a long way to have an example that's a non-threatening example, but I think a very challenging example. If he can do it, so can we. And not only can, he, can we, but we must. Well, you know, you could see, you know, how his life would translate into today's world or really any day's world, right? I mean, if people lived like he did back then today, you know, we were talking earlier, right? You know, Nashville, Denver, all these cities, you know, there's a lot of Sodom and Gomorrah to them uh, based on what's going on. And if people would just live that love, joy, and peace and bring Christ out into the world, people would be attracted to it because they're so hungry for it, even if they're not sure what they're hungry for. Definitely, right? People connect, and they don't know why they connected. Uh, one of the nice things Pierre Giorgio did in his sensitivity to the immorality in the culture um, goes back to a story that's in the book about the pool table at the university club he belonged to, and that they had trouble with the, the pool table and they needed to repair it. One of his motivations was he knew that if the guy he commended the university club, the Catholic men's club, for opening a pool room for the guys to come and play pool because he knew that if they weren't playing there, they would be playing out in the bars, you know, maybe the worst bars in the Turin area. So just even having that presence of mind to like, there's there's a lot of little things we can do um, to help people not go off the deep end in the, in the, 
you know, in the immorality in the culture. And he said it's up to us to form our consciences properly and to help to um, create a, a morally healthy society. Yeah, that's right out of today's pages, right? Definitely. Yeah, and, you know, I think the reminder to all of us, unless we fill ourselves with the Lord by going to Mass, receiving the Eucharist, spending time in adoration, when we go out into the world, if we haven't done those things, we don't have anything to give the world, right? We, we go out there on an empty tank where he went out on a full tank every day and he, you know, he spent everything in his tank. That's exactly what we're called to do. And you just nailed it right there, right? Because you can't give what you don't have. And and I think that's really the whole point. Um, gets back to the point of this, of following his path to holiness. You, If you're not doing those things and living a sacramental life, you really, you cannot go out and do those things. Exactly. And that was that was the core of his life, right? The Blessed Mother, the Rosary. The tools are so basic. As I always like to say, this is Pierre Giorgio shows us how to practice the fundamentals. Because if you don't do the fundamentals in anything, anything, you you don't get good at it. And if certainly if you don't do the fundamentals in your Catholic faith, you cannot then go and give that to anybody else. So right, he wasn't out there doing uh, writing like Summa Theologica or anything like that. He was going to confession regularly, sometimes daily. He was going to the Eucharist daily. He was fasting. He was doing works of charity. He was giving alms. He was making sacrifices. He was having friends and being being joyful. He was doing practical jokes. And even with the poor, he would bring, uh, when he would go into, he didn't like to, all the high society that he was in, he would, uh, notoriously, he would show up at the end of these big functions that his family had to attend and say goodbye to the guests on their way out, right, so that he had done his duty. And he would not just take the food to the poor. He would bring flowers because he said they also need things like that, like, you know, nice things like that. He was so sensitive and aware of the needs of others. That came from everything that he did as laying the foundation for his spiritual life. That was what allowed him to um, see the the humanity around him and serve it, right? The fundamentals, it's... It, the catechism, um, we've been given so many gifts in the church with making it easy for us to understand. Those things are there, but I don't think a lot of us um, take advantage of those tools, and that's another great aspect of Pierre Giorgio's spirituality is he reminds us that um, the basics, the basics lived daily, you know, grace built on grace, right? And so doing those things on a daily basis, wow, what an impact we could all make. And we're down to the last few minutes. I mean, I could, you know, I think we could talk about him forever, but, you know, he packs such, he's packed so much into such a short lifetime, right? I mean, in the end, I mean, what was he, 24, I think, he contracts polio and within a week he's dead. Right. It was a stunning blow to the family. And thousands of people came to the funeral and his father said to his mother, we didn't know our son. You know, how did these people know their son? Uh, he got involved serving the poor through the conferences of St. Vincent de Paul when he was 17, and he died at uh, 24. So for seven years, um, he was so faithful to serving the poor um, and that they were there for him by the thousands. And it was really like a supernatural moment in a sense where his cause of canonization, you could say, began, that outpouring in the streets. And and that wasn't like something that he tried to do to reach the masses, but his daily example for seven years and and that was the fruit of it. So, and if he had lived 70 more years, imagine, imagine. Yeah. 
but you know, I think you know he did the Lord's will while he was here, and then his body's exhumed what sixty years later, incorrupt, right? Right. It was perfectly incorrupt when when the coffin was opened as part of the canonization process to examine the the remains to see what relics there were. He was perfectly incorrupt. His one niece, uh, Giovanna, told me that he had. He was. She said to me he was perfect. Uh, a smile on his lips, even. Um, and his body, his coffin has been opened a few times. They had to actually prepare a new coffin because his body traveled to Sydney, Australia for a World oh. Youth Day, and it was also taken to Krakow for World Youth Day. So he has a brand-new um, <laughs> brand new state-of-the-art coffin <laughs> for his encrypt. But his body's never, people ask all the time, can you see his body? His body's never been put uh, on display, but it is incorrupt. Well, I mean, you know, that's he, he lived uh, a simple life, but a very faithful life. You know, Mother St. Mother Teresa would say, you're not called to be successful. You're called to be faithful. And, you know, he was both because he was faithful. And, and that's really, I, I think that's all that we can, um, we can hope for, right? Holiness is possible. We just have to try. We, I mean, we just have to try to live a Christian life, especially now when everything in the culture is, is against us. That's not so much unlike his day. Everything in the culture in his day was against him. Socialism, fascism, communism on the rise, the church being persecuted, a world plague, the Spanish flu, a world war. It wasn't like everything was like, um, you know, just a, a bed of roses at his time. But he found right. a way to do it. And he found it, He found a way to do it because, you know, the what's wrong with the, the world is me. What was that attributed to Chesterton, I think? Um, in any case... Yeah. Yeah, it's up to us. It's up to us to do it. And this example uh, shows us that it's it's possible, it's worth it, it's attractive. And I like to say all the time, St. Catherine of Siena, who he loved, um, he loved uh, St. Catherine of Siena, and she said, it's heaven all the way to heaven. And I think we find that even with our suffering and our crosses, when we're really trying to live the Christian life in the way that Blessed Pierre Giorgio did, we experience a taste of that no matter what we're going through. We know that we're on the right path. We're doing God's will, and that's going to lead us to the right end. So remind to people, yeah, because I forgot, what is what is your website and how can people get the book? Uh, the website is frasadiusa.org. You just have to be able to spell frasadi. That's your, that's your hard part. Um, two <laughs> S is one T. <laughs> frasadiusa.org. If you like the content of these shows that we produce on a weekly basis, please prayerfully consider supporting us. Go to ccdenver.org, click on the donate button, and then click on Respect Life Denver to support this programming. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.